0: to real life real equity with your host justin and the lovely keisha brooks say hello everyone hey
1: and welcome everybody
0: our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business as real estate investors our mission is to model educate and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools ideas and information to add more worth to your net worth more cash to your cash flow helping you achieve your goals in less time and we'll do that right after this commercial break Are you part of the club? The Real Equity Club is a group of like-minded individuals. The club's purpose is to help create more wealth for its members. The mission of the club, to help you increase your passive income and net worth. The club is completely free to you. When you join, you will receive the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. So join the club now at realequityclub.com to gain access. Or send us an email to info at realequityclub.com. That's info at realequityclub.com. We want to see you succeed in business and in life. So go to the website at realequityclub.com and join now. All
1: right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Life Real Equity.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back. Just want to
1: thank you for joining us here on another week of the podcast. Yep.
0: Uh, today we're going to talk about flipping houses, right?
1: Yes, finally.
0: Um, but before we start talking about flipping houses, we kind of want to share with you some of the losses, some of the uh, the things that we've went through. You know, we come on the show every week. We can give the the perception, like everything is just all good and gold and everything's like glitter and rainbows and running unicorns through a bed of and sunshine. Yeah, running through a <laughs> bed of flower. I mean, like everything's just perfect. I think that can be a misconception and it can easily become a, a persona that is not necessarily true. Right. We named this podcast Real Life Real Equity because we wanted to give you real life. We don't want to just be the guys behind a microphone who right. sure, that never talks about the, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship.
1: Right. We want to be as transparent as possible. Um, Because that is the goal, truly. We want to give you real life, real stories of what really happens in our lives and other entrepreneurs.
0: So with that being said, um, we'll start off with a couple of the things that we hope you can use as learning lessons. Uh, So one of the systems we had in our business failed. Yes. And it failed in a big way. I mean, to the tune of over, you know, $10,000 failed. And Mm -hmm. it was a system that I had put in place and, you know, we, we test a lot. Right. Yes. And some of the results of our tests don't necessarily show themselves for a while. Right. Yes. Most true. things work really well, mm-hmm. but there's always a kink in the armor that can just cause you to uh, derail. And so we have a system that we put in place for every rental we do. Right. Right. All right. So like we essentially we set it and we almost forget about it. We monitor it. But we don't necessarily have to stay on it like daily. There's certain tasks that you do every single day in your business. There's certain tasks that you set a system in place to where you just have to monitor it. Mm -hmm. And we had that system in place where we were just monitoring it. The problem became when there was a change so we had a banking change yes and <laughs> and i didn't realize that you know it's always a human factor it's some is some way some shape or form a human factor some miscommunication and and i didn't catch the miscommunication until it was too late it was like the uh, the perfect storm of miscommunication because <laughs> i gave the new banking we changed banks i gave the new bank information to uh, the property manager and then the property manager said it except he set the different bank account And it turned out that the different bank account was getting the money and (laughs) that bank account. I monitor, I monitor quite frequently, but for some crazy reason, I didn't see it. Right. I say all this to say we had this loss because our system failed, but man, when you figure out your system has failed, if you can address it immediately after you figure out your system has failed, you Mm -hmm. can do so much benefit to reducing the damage. Uh, not only that, we have partners and investors that we have to answer to. Right. It was one of those things where uh, I had to tell my, my, partner, my partner some bad news. hmm and I heard this saying a long time ago when I went to a conference and it was said, it was by Ken McElroy. He said, delivering bad news builds trust. That's a great saying. Yeah. So, I mean, like it sounds so easy. Oh, delivering bad news builds trust. <laughs> yes. I'm very high strung when it comes to like stress. Mm-hmm. It's weird because I, di- I did for so many years, one of the most stressful jobs you could do air traffic control. And I still have this high strungness when it comes to uh stress yeah you know i handle it well because it's, it's almost like a game or a puzzle but it's it's just different things when it comes to like i guess it's when it comes to trying to make sure that people are happy right you want to make sure that you're delivering and being the absolute best person you can be and when you have to deliver bad news that compromises that
1: right exactly
0: so um we were actually talking um to a friend of ours yes and uh, we were talking about how you know, entrepreneurship is like a roller coaster. Right.
1: They literally kind of asked us, "Do we ever go through anything?"
0: Yeah, and like, do <laughs> we, you ever have any hard times? Mm-hmm. And we were like, uh, "Yeah." Yes. Uh, like for the last month or two. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, like forever. Like really forever. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's it's one of those things. You have really really good highs, and then mm-hmm. you have really really low lows. Right. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I'm pretty sure I'm not alone when I say or or we say that. You can kill it one day, mm-hmm. and the next day it feels like the world is on top of you.
1: Right. I mean, it's kind of like a cycle.
0: It is. It's very know? cyclical. And I think Darren Hardy wrote the book Entrepreneur Roller Coaster for a reason. It mm-hmm. is a roller coaster ride of emotions, it's a whole bunch of thrills. And then it's a whole bunch of dropping straight down, where you're not sure if the track is connected, and you're gonna if you're gonna hit the ground, or if you're gonna go back up on another high, mm-hmm. right? And if the high, the next high is gonna be higher, right? I, I, so I did a lot of reflecting. We we were talking to our uh, our friend, and and she's an entrepreneur, and and I did a lot of reflecting after she asked us if we went through any hard times, because she said, you know, I have my own business, it's doing really well, we're making money, but sometimes I just feel like I'm not getting far enough. Mm -hmm. Like she's just sitting there. Yeah, it's like she's Mm -hmm. spinning her wheels or, you know, and I'm just like, man, you are not alone at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, another friend of ours just said something very similar Mm -hmm. on Facebook. They were like, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it was like, Mm -hmm. it's like, man, everybody says I'm doing so well. But Mm -hmm. it's like, as an achiever, we're always pushing ourselves to that next limit. I mean. We say we had a a, a 10000 dollar plus uh, failure, system failure, whatever the case may be. At one time, that would have like sunk us.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness.
0: But <laughs> we're achievers. So uh, when we have that large of a failure, we have, uh, if not equal to or greater successes.
1: Well, it's also a learning experience. So yeah. we learn from that failure, too. Okay, what do we need to do next time to make sure this system is put in place correctly right. to avoid this, so that right. we can move on and we're not consistently repeating the same problem.
0: Oh, you ain't lying, amen <laughs> to that. I mean, like for real, it's it's um when we go to our conferences and we listen to uh you know some of the people that we follow uh like the real estate guys, they talk about plan to review all the time. Mm-hmm. Plan, do, review, plan it, you do it, and then you review it, and you know, to consistently and constantly plan, do, and review is a very powerful thing. And, you know, with systems like this in place, when you do something wrong, you go, okay, well, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. This is how we correct for what happened. And this is how we make it better in the long run. Yeah. Tom Hopkins says, failure is not failure. It's only a tool to use to educate yourself for the next time. Mm. Jim Rohn says, use your past mistakes as a teacher, not a club. Don't beat yourself with your mistakes. I mean, I like, I have reflected on this last system failure for probably the last three days or four yeah. days, mm-hmm. just really thinking about, okay, am I really doing that bad? And I mean, I, I talked to a lot of my friends now, we talk a lot more in depth about our mistakes. And another friend of mine runs a mortgage company and he said, you know, everybody sees him. He owns his own mortgage company. Everybody mm-hmm. sees him. Everybody's getting paid. Everybody's, you know, happy. He, you know, drives a really nice car and on the outside, it looks great. But he had a hundred and fifty thousand dollar loss one month, mm. not because he's not producing. Right. I mean, I think they said they produced something like six or seven hundred thousand dollars in a month. Mm. But he had a hundred and fifty thousand dollar loss because some stuff went wrong mm-hmm. in his business. Like it, he just it, it didn't add up. So I'm saying all this to say we took an inordinate amount of time to go through and explain. Everything in entrepreneurship is not just roses and rainbows. It's not just sunshine and unicorns. It's not just gravy. It's not easy. You know, it takes a level of emotional intelligence. We spent a lot of time in the beginning weeks of this podcast talking about all those things and makes you mentally tough, makes you be able to to withstand all of the problems that you run into as an entrepreneur. And if you go through those podcasts and those exercises, it will allow you to actually uh, grow from and push through all the hard times.
1: Right, right. So with that being said, um, we want to go ahead and get started with our topic for today, which is how to flip houses.
0: So I get asked all the time, how do you do what you do in real estate and you know the three most asked questions i get asked discussing real estate investing how do you get started with little or no money how do you find the right house how do you how do you do real estate investing with little or no experience mm-hmm. and a lot of times people are talking about flipping houses one Right. Or owning rentals. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about single-family rentals, not a big apartment complexes. A lot of people can't even see themselves getting their first rental, let alone a 150-unit apartment complex. Right. So when I get asked those questions, I generally have uh, pretty much the same answer. And we'll get to that right after our educational tip of the week. This week's educational tip of the week is...
1: Inflation.
0: All right. Inflation is an economic situation where...
1: The consumer prices rise while the value of the currency falls. All
0: right. All right. We're not going to go into too much depth because, uh, well, it's pretty self-explanatory. So, uh, (laughs) anyway, I mean, it is. So, anyway, how do you get started flipping with little or no money? So, the truth is, always start with your education. Mm, Yeah. Always start with your education because education is going to be the thing that gives you the One, leverage, but the tools to go out and talk to somebody effectively, to joint venture with somebody effectively, Mm -hmm. to go and not be a liability or a burden to someone who already has the knowledge or the money or the resources that you need to get started in house flipping. If you don't have the money, if you only have a little bit of money, use some of the little bit of money to go and get educated now they that being said, I'm not saying that you should go to the free seminar to get upsold by some weekend guru who comes into town to upsell you on a big, expensive program. Mm-hmm. That's not my point. You know, a lot of times you can find the very resources you need. In libraries. I was, yeah, I was gonna say it at the library. <laughs>
1: with a free library <laughs> yeah. card.
0: Use a free library card. Get started with the resources you can find. YouTube has just about everything. They call it YouTube University for a reason. You can find just about anything you want on YouTube. Take a, a Coursera course or a mm-hmm. you know one of these other online learning platforms spend the time to learn and get educated, but don't spend all your money or go into a large amount of debt trying to get educated. That is not the point. There's plenty of resources you can get into just to get your base level education.
1: Right. Like you said, I think just having that base foundation to get enough information so you can get started because believe it or not, you're going to have to continue to educate yourself through the process. That's right. That's
0: and, and, I, and I say education, when we start talking about education, a lot of times we belabor on about education and that's like the first thing and only thing you need to really do. But education is only so that you can get into the right rooms so that you can say one or two things so that the people who are educated will teach you what they know. Exactly. You're not there to show everything that you've learned. You're there so that you can at least display that you have some level of knowledge to add a little value to the conversation mm-hmm. and then let the person who has all the knowledge run the conversation. A lot of people who have knowledge like to talk about what they know. Right. And you can gain a lot of insight by using your two ears and your one mouth and playing <laughs> in that proportion. Okay, I, mm-hmm. I think you get what I mean. So uh, we don't like to just talk about things without actually giving you real life examples of what it is we did. So there's two parts to funding your first flip rental whatever the case may be there's a cost for acquisition and then there's a cost for the property Mm -hmm. the cost for acquisition a lot of times is your down payment money it's the cost for legal entities it's the cost for your marketing is it's the cost for all the base level structures you need to actually go out and get the loan which is your cost for acquisition uh, the money you need for acquisition that's the the money you use for the property okay so when you go out and do uh, all your startup funding the down payments and all that stuff you may not have all the money right But you do have enough money to get started with some of the things like your education where a lot of that stuff is free. You Mm -hmm. spend time. I've heard it said three ways. You either have all the time, you either have all the money, or you have a mix of both. Right. And if you have no money and a lot of time, go use your time to get educated. If you have a lot of money but don't have any time, help somebody who has a lot of time Mm -hmm. and has a lot of education and use your resources to help them Create a mutually beneficial relationship between the two. Right. And if you have a mix of both, create a mix of both. Right. Mm -hmm. So, again, how do you get the money to get started with, like, the down payments and stuff? If you use debt, you could use... um, So, people, I've heard all kinds of things. I'm just going to talk from the most common using other people's money, if you use debt, things like credit card advances or signature loans or 401k loans or loans against your permanent whole life insurance policy, whatever the case may be, your goal in life is to not be dependent on the debt to get started. Right. If you use debt, use it as a leveraging tool. So once you get through your first project, you want to use even less debt, as little debt as you can to get started with the next project. Why do I say that? I'm not saying that because I'm risk averse. I'm not saying that because I'm debt averse. I'm I'm not saying that because I don't believe in debt. I'm saying that because the more cash you have to invest in your initial property and use it interdependently with the debt the better off you'll be. Yeah. And the less trouble you'll be in if the thing goes wrong. Right. And we're talking about in the beginning stages of real estate, a lot of stuff goes wrong. And yeah. when you use debt to fund your first couple of properties with no hopes of getting any profit or with hopes of getting profit. And the reality is you will face losses. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of guys who are wildly successful who have faced losses. If you made a guy who says they've never lost money, turn the other way because they're going to be losing money here soon. (laughs) You never want to do business with a guy who says they've never lost money. But the point is that I'm trying to make You want to make sure that if you use debt, you don't use an inordinate amount of debt on your first projects, because the goal is use the profits you make to go out and do more business so that you don't you don't have to retain that debt if something goes wrong.
1: Right. You want to be able to put those fires out if they come up. I noticed that because this is something that obviously we've done. Sometimes it just comes up. And so you having the cash on hand along with just a little bit of debt will help you to get those, you know, take care of those fires quickly. Right. Because you don't want to try and take care of an emergency with an additional debt. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good
0: point. That's a good, very, very good point. But if, if we were being honest, we did the exact opposite. We didn't use a lot of uh, just straight cash on hand. Mm-hmm. You know, we used debt. And I only speak from experience. I used a lot of debt to get started. And it took us a long time to recover from the losses. You know, we took a $15,000 loss on our first property. It took us six months to complete what should have been a 30-day project. It was a really, really easy, low-key house, three-bedroom, two-baths, something like 1,200-square-foot house. Excellent neighborhood. We could have flipped it, made our money, and walked away. It was seller finance. We didn't have to go to the bank in the beginning. I mean, it was no money down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was everything you hear on it's these perfect. late night. It was, yeah, it was one, everything <laughs> you hear on these late night TV infomercials where, you know, no money down deals. It was that, but it was also several years ago. The point I'm trying to make is you will experience some level of loss. The goal on your first project isn't to go gangbusters and make a million dollars. The goal is actually to keep you from losing any money. I mean, if you can break even or make a little say bit, break even. Yeah. Oh man, you break <laughs> even or make a little bit. I mean, you're doing really well on your first project for not having ever done a project before. Mm-hmm. Let me put this in perspective because I may get a little pushback from this, but I'm gonna put this in perspective. This is the way I view this whole thing. You as a new real estate investor are talking about doing something that people spend their whole life. They only buy three to four houses in their whole life. Mm-hmm. You're talking about doing three to four, five houses in a year yeah. as a new investor. And I've heard guys doing 10, 15, 20 houses a year. Mm-hmm. I've heard guys doing three to four houses, 10, 15 houses a month. Right. Right. And what we're talking about here, if you really think about it, you buy a house in your 20s or early 30s, you raise a family, your family grows, you expand the house to meet the growing family. After your family moves out, after all the kids get out of the house, you then downsize, you retire, and then you downsize again to move into you know, your condo on the beach right off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. The point I'm trying to make is that's only four to five houses over your entire life. We're talking about buying four to five houses in a month. That's the perspective we're trying to create for you here. We're talking, it's a huge paradigm shift for you to understand exactly how much of a load you're taking on. So trying to kill it in the first investment is not the goal. Education is the goal. Yes. Learning and building the systems is the goal. Okay. I read hundreds of business books, hundreds of books on personal development only to learn how to build the business because a lot of that stuff uh, that these guys do that are really successful has to do with business savvy right next is the cost of acquisition okay so that's your your money for acquisition how do you get the money to get started with the acquisition if you have little or no money so again you don't have to have all the money to purchase a house and you don't go to banks to get financing for flips no a lot of banks don't do loans with especially with new investors now you know if you're looking at it, getting started, a lot of people who get into flipping houses use hard money. And hard money essentially is a private investor or a private equity group who invests using their money in first lien position and helps you buy that house based off of the numbers. They don't underwrite based off of who you are. They underwrite based off of the property's ability to perform. Mm -hmm. And so when you start looking at you know how do you get the money for the cost of acquisition you're looking at okay I'm using a hard money loan now what I was alluding to earlier uh, a minute ago was that you can actually talk to a uh, lender and get bank funding but it comes in the form of a commercial loan and a lot of commercial lenders do not I repeat they do not do business with somebody who's new so a lot of times you have to submit to them who you are your experience in the form of a real estate resume, your mm-hmm. financial statement. And you know, on your financial statement, they're gonna look at okay, what have you done? What have you won on? What have you lost on? What kind of experience do you have? What kind of collateral do you have? Are you able to service a debt on this loan? You know, all of these questions come to mind. And you know, we go into debt service coverage ratios and all that stuff. But the point is, and the goal is not to go after a bank on your first property. A lot of times you'll be using a hard money loan.
1: So how do you find the person for the hard money loan or a hard money lender, or even just find an individual that can help you finance to get this first property?
0: So that's a great question. Essentially, go to your real estate clubs. Mm -hmm. I mean, meet up, uh, go and find whoever the real estate club giant is in your market. A lot of markets have real estate investor clubs. Mm -hmm. Google real estate club in Memphis, real estate club in Orlando, real estate clubs in Dallas Texas Mm -hmm. and you get the point find the real estate club near you go in there and start meeting people networking building relationships you'll find a Host of information. Uh, I didn't listen to this advice when I got started. <laughs> I, uh, I I, half-heartedly listened to the people who went before me because I have some friends who got started in this and said, oh man, this is what you do. You go to these real estate clubs, you meet with people, and you'll be amazed at how many people will share with you what they know and help you get to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. I listened half-heartedly. I went to one or two meetings. I stopped going. And then I went off to do it on my own right. because you know I like to be hard-headed sometimes. But when I actually went and talk to the people. Looking back, I could have accelerated my growth a whole lot faster. But I met all the all the people I needed to meet mm-hmm. in order to be successful as a real estate uh, investor.
1: Right. And you'll be surprised, too. There are plenty of individuals out there that are looking for a place to put their money. Right. And you're the person that um, is learning how to flip a house or you know how to flip a house and you're just needing the funding. Right. So it's all about, you know, meeting, mingling and getting a job done.
0: Right. So with that being said, I want to do a free giveaway. So what I'm going to do is give away my bankers script. So what I've done is I've condensed and reduced exactly what I say to bankers uh, so that I can get loans like there's a psychology behind how to talk to a lender. One, you have to have experience. So if you think you're going to go talk to a commercial lender without experience, the likelihood that they approve you or even give you the time of day is slim to none. So this is my warning. (laughs) If you don't have experience, Use this script to talk to a hard money lender who then will teach you and tell you what you need to do to be qualified for them to loan to you because a lot of times they will want to loan to you even if you're new. Um, If you uh, want the banker script, feel free to go to realequityclub.com. That's realequityclub.com. Fill in your information. In the comment section, it'll be a little feedback section, comment section, type in banker script. We'll get you the banker script immediately via email and you'll be able to use it at your disposal. So, uh, we said that there were three questions that get asked uh, that I get asked most whenever I'm doing uh, real estate investing. And it was how do I find the money uh, for an investment property with little or no money? How do I find the right house? Mm -hmm. And then, how do I flip with no experience? I am going to answer question number two and three. On the next couple of podcasts, we're going to go ahead and make this a series Yes, um, because we don't have enough time to cover everything in the level of detail we just went through with the how to get started with little or no money. Mm -hmm. We'll cover how to find the right house on our next podcast. And the podcast after after that will be how do we flip with little or no experience. We might put a guest on in between that somebody like a, a lender or somebody like a realtor. And Keisha's also very pregnant, so she may end up, you know, having the baby before, you know, we get to the next podcast. So the reality is we don't know, <laughs> you know, just keeping it real. So anyway, we, uh, we're very excited just to give you a sneak peek uh, with how to find the right house. Um, we are going to talk about something that a lot of people don't even talk about. A lot of people look at buying a house from the price perspective. We don't. I used to. I don't anymore. Because I've bought enough houses to understand that I'm never going to buy a house. I'm always buying an end user.
1: Yes. That is, yeah, big. (laughs) Huge. So, Mm -hmm.
0: and then the last is how to flip with little or no experience. Again, you'd be amazed at how many people don't think they have any experience to add value or enough to go out and get a real estate loan with a hard money lender when in all actuality they do.
1: And so, by the way, if you want to continue to get information from us, additional tools and tips, go ahead to our website at realliferealequity.com. You can submit your information to get on our newsletter list, um, continue to get updated on our weekly podcast. And also, if you simply just want to do feedback, there's a feedback tab where you can submit any questions and we will surely get back to you as soon as possible. That's right.
0: That's right. So we want to thank you for listening. We want to keep it real when others don't. That's the name of the game. Uh, We want to actually show real life examples, real problems, real solutions, real life, real equity. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Yes. See you next
1: time. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity podcast. If you'd like more information on joining the Real Equity Club, visit the website at realequityclub.com. There, you will get access to the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. Again, that's realequityclub.com. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real
0: Equity Podcast.